Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Tulare Community Church. Here now the word of the Lord from the book of Ruth, chapter 2. It says this, Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. So she went out, entered a field, and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they answered. Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, Who does that young woman belong to? The overseer replied, She is the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you, and whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replied, I have been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. How you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with the people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have put me at ease by speaking kindly to your servant, though I do not have the standing of one of your servants. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, come over here. Have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men, Let her gather among the sheaves and don't reprimand her. Even pull out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered and it amounted to about an ephah. She carried it back to town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. Her mother-in-law asked her, Where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She added, that man is our close relative. He is one of our guardian redeemers. Then Ruth the Moabite said, he even said to me, stay with my workers until they finish harvesting all my grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it will be good for you, my daughter, to go with the women who work for him, because in someone else's field you might be harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the women of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvests were finished, and she lived with her mother-in-law. Friends, it's the word of the Lord. We say thanks be to God. Hey, the Lord be with you, Tulare Community Church. My name is Ryan. I'm one of the pastors here at TCC. We are in the second week of our four-week series, diving into this rich little book of Ruth. 
Pastor Steve kicked us off last week as we looked at the beginning of the story that was marked by tragedy. Famine forced Naomi, her husband Elimelech, and their sons Malon and Kilion out of their native Bethlehem and into the foreign land of Moab. Naomi's husband dies, her two sons marry Moabite women, Ruth and Orpah, and then Naomi's sons die, leaving Naomi, Ruth, and Orpah widowed without an heir to the family line. They're destitute. Naomi knows she needs to return to Bethlehem since she has no family in Moab, so she tries to say goodbye to her daughters-in-law. But Ruth refuses to leave her side. So Naomi and Ruth travel together to Bethlehem. There's so much that happens in that first chapter, and being comfortable with the context is crucial to immerse ourselves with the second. What we see in Ruth 2 are beautiful examples of God's redemptive intentions for his people. We're going to break that down into three parts. The first part is that God redeems the outcast. God redeems his people through his people. And God redeems the world. All right, so God redeems the outcast. He redeems his people through his people. And he redeems the world. All right, let's do it. So, as we embark on the Ruth 2 journey, we immediately learn that there's a guy named Boaz who is a relative of Naomi's late husband. We'll get back to Boaz in a minute. Because first, verses 2 and 3 tell us, And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. So she went out, entered a field, and began to glean behind the harvesters. As the end of chapter 1 told us, it's harvest season in Bethlehem. April was for barley and May was for wheat. The first three steps of the harvest went like this. All right, So step 1, Cut the grain stalks. This is usually done by men. Step two, tie the reaped grain into bundles. This was usually done by women and uh, to make it ready for transport to the next site. And step three, which is the most interesting, the gleaning process. And this comes from the law in Deuteronomy 24 that says, When you are harvesting in your field and you overlook a sheaf, do not go back to get it. Leave it for the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. When you beat the olives from your trees, do not go over the branches a second time. Leave what remains for the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow. When you harvest the grapes in the vineyard, do not go over the vines again. Leave what remains for the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. That is why I command you to do this. Now, this was hard, hot, back-breaking work, but God mandated that the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow be given a chance to provide for themselves, just as God provided for Israel when they were slaves in Egypt. And this matters because Ruth is in about as bad a position as possible in this place and time in history. See, society in ancient Israel was patriarchal, meaning that the head of the household was the father, It was patrilineal, meaning that kinship was traced through the male line of the family tree. And it was patrilocal, meaning that the wife, the woman, left her family to join her husband's family. So the father's the leader, family is traced through the husband, and the wife leaves her family to join her husband's family. All right, well, the leader of the family, Ruth, left her family to join, is dead, 
and the two male heirs of the family tree are dead. And oh, by the way, she's a Moabite in Israel, which is a little like being a Michigan fan in Columbus, Ohio. Not welcome. A woman, fatherless, widowed, foreigner, check, 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 and check. She's the outcast of outcasts who would have almost assuredly have had to resort to prostitution in any other surrounding nation. A horrible decision that, in reality, many women still face today all around the world. But who was the law, remember we just heard it, who was the law written by God himself about leaving behind parts of the harvest written for? The foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow. So how does God view Ruth, the outcast of outcasts, as worth redeeming? And so what does that make God? That makes God the Goel of the outcast. What does that mean? Well, let's see if our next point tells us. See, God redeems the outcast and he also redeems his people through his people. All right, so given the opportunity to glean the leftovers in the field, Ruth gets to work. And a little while later, the aforementioned Boaz makes an appearance. He asks his workers who Ruth, quote, belongs to, as people were identified by their family, not by their first name. And Ruth had begun to develop a solid reputation around town for her faithfulness to Naomi and for her hard work in the field. So Boaz had heard of her. And he approaches her and says in verses 8 and 9, My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. Essentially, stay in my field. You'll be safe in my field. And drink as much water as you'd like, which is a huge deal since Naomi had left Bethlehem in the first place due to famine. Famine is most often caused by drought. Very, very generous. Unusually generous. Maybe even suspiciously generous. Later on, he offers Ruth as much food as she'd like, orders his men to not only let her be, but even to leave stocks they've already harvested lying on the ground so she has even more opportunity to glean from the harvest. Suspiciously generous. See, if this was the only context we had, as we read this story in 21st century Tulare CA, we would have every right to be suspicious about what's going on. How many horror movies have we seen that involve an overly generous guy providing for a wayward young woman only for us to learn that he's got ulterior motives? But we learn what's going on when Ruth heads back home to Naomi carrying between 20 and 30 pounds of barley. Pretty good day's work, right? Verses 19 and 20 say this. Her mother-in-law asked her, Where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She added, that man is our close relative. He is one of our guardian redeemers. 
He is one of our guardian redeemers, also translated as kinsman redeemer. This is a role that God wrote into the Levitical law. A guardian redeemer was a male head of household who was a relative of another male head of household who had legal obligations to serve his relative's family if something were to happen to him. And in this case, we know that Boaz was a relative of Naomi's late husband, Elimelech, so Boaz is a guardian redeemer of Naomi and Ruth. The basic duties of a guardian redeemer were as follows. One, buy back family from bondage or slavery. Two, buy back land that had been lost. Three, if a female widow in the clan has no male heir, the guardian redeemer was responsible for marrying her. And four, act as the avenger of violence on behalf of his relatives. Now, what are all four of these pointing to? Well, protection, and more importantly, redemption. Boaz takes such, such extraordinary care of Ruth because he is obligated to do so by the law. God mandated this particular edict and role to provide an opportunity of redemption for his people through his people. Now, guess what the Hebrew word for guardian redeemer is? Dramatic pause. Go L. Oh yeah, go L. Remember, God is the Goel of the outcast, a term that he's actually referred to by several times in the Old Testament. God is the guardian redeemer of the outcast, just as he ensured that Boaz would be the Goel, the guardian redeemer of Ruth and Naomi. Are we beginning to get an idea of God's heart for redemption? All right, well, let's take it one final step. See, God redeems the outcast. He redeems his people through his people. And he redeems the world. Now, I know none of us want to be overly inductively allegorical, but the faithfulness, the hesed that we've seen for the outcast by God and to Ruth by Boaz, we've seen that is a foretaste of the world's ultimate guardian redeemer. See, when Jesus begins his public ministry, he introduces himself through the words of Isaiah in the book of Luke. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Protection and redemption. Now, remember what the responsibilities of the Goel, the guardian redeemer, were. One, buy back kin from bondage or slavery. Two, buy back land that had been lost. Three, marry the widowed. Four, act as the avenger of blood. Well, Jesus has freed his kin from bondage and slavery to sin. Jesus has reclaimed an inheritance for his people. Jesus is the bridegroom of his once desperate and destitute bride, all of us. And Jesus avenges those who have been persecuted, mistreated, and abused. Through the blood of Christ shed on the cross, Christians are not only protected from hell and the righteous wrath of God, but through the blood Christ shed on the cross, Christians are completely redeemed from their sin, not only in this life, but for all of eternity. Jesus, the true and final Goel, 
the true and final guardian redeemer has come. And while it cost God nothing, really, to redeem the outcast, and Boaz, though gracious, was obligated to redeem Ruth and Naomi by the law, the redemption of you and me and the redemption of the world cost Jesus everything, though he was under no obligation whatsoever. That's called grace, and it is offered freely to every broken, hurting, destitute sinner on planet earth, even to you and even to me. The protection and redemption that we see God offer the outcast, that we see offered by Boaz to Ruth and Naomi, is offered to us all through Christ's death and resurrection forever. The true, final guardian redeemer has come. And he offers safety and forgiveness beyond our wildest dreams as we fall into his arms. All we have to do is let him catch us. See, God redeems the outcast. He redeems his people through his people. And he redeems the world. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the ministries and mission of Tulare Community Church, visit us at tccalive.org.